Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons, because we will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. So we decided, let's connect with them and pick their brains. But first, a little background. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college who loves working with students, faculty, and staff. I am not Asian. (laughs) Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I am a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York for many years, and have been thinking about our future home. So we'll be speaking to folks from around the country, and now around the world, who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their stories, and we will share their intimate secrets. No. I'm just kidding, Jean. But we will provide information that you may not find anywhere else. So stay tuned. Hola otra vez. Hoy conocemos a Helen en Costa Rica. Helen lives in San Rafael de Santa Ana, a suburb of the capital city, San Jose. This quaint little town is a balance of traditional Costa Rican culture and modern amenities. It's nicknamed Valle del Sol, meaning Valley of the Sun. It has become the place of choice for upscale grocery stores, gourmet restaurants, banks, medical and dental clinics, beauty salons. There's two golf courses coffee houses, hotels, and private schools. Whether vacationing or relocating in a luxury condo, this is the perfect place to find handcrafted pottery. In fact, wait for it, more than 100 locally owned and operated pottery shops line the streets of Santa Ana. I could see you there, Gil. Oh my God, I I will never leave the street. But but we're trying to downsize, so we don't want to keep buying more pottery. The work and evolving techniques run from generation to generation. And along with those techniques, I'm sure the pottery pieces are just superb, you know? A little about our guest. Helen Frame is an accomplished businesswoman whose professional writing skills and love of travel culminated in several books, including one on retiring in Costa Rica and three thrillers. Helen was editor of the Caldwell Banker Costa Rica's Vista magazine that listed properties and businesses for sale and information about the country, its people, as well as living and investing in Costa Rica. A graduate of the journalism school at Syracuse, she has been published in major newspapers, magazines, as well as trade publications in the U.S., England, Costa Rica, and Germany. She has edited newsletters and others' authors' books. She has written columns, created business proposals for clients, and spoken to groups about writing and publishing, handling public relations for clubs, and living in Costa Rica. Now, here's what caught our eyes. Helen wrote a book called Retiring in Costa Rica, or Doctors, Dogs, and Pura Vida. By the way, Pura Vida is a common phrase in Costa Rica, meaning simple life. 
That's so soothing, Gene. Nice. It's a book to help baby boomers decide if it's feasible to retire in Costa Rica. Living abroad and traveling extensively in 50 countries, as well as having a master's degree in sociology from New York University, has given Helen a deep appreciation for the value of diverse cultures. So, Helen, you've lived such an exciting life. Please tell us what brought you to Costa Rica and specifically Santa Ana. Well, uh, it all began in the 1990s. I used to travel a lot with Sharon Carr Travel Agency out of Dallas that did programs with KVIL 103.7 radio station, Ron Chapman. Mm -hmm. So they gave us very good prices because of the connection to the station. And one of the trips I took was a five-day tour to Costa Rica. Oh, nice. And it was in the Bonacosti area. Not, it's the northern, very hot province of Costa Rica. We only had one day, essentially, of a, a tour. Otherwise, we were on our own. The one day we went to Arenal, walked up toward the volcano, went swimming in the hot springs in a hotel that we couldn't stay in in case it erupted. So we <laughs> had dinner there. <laughs> you know, the other days, it all began when I went down to breakfast after my roommate went off to snorkel. And I saw a man sitting by himself. Now, I wasn't aware of all the people in our tour group. So I went up to him and said, may I join you? And he said, yes. Well, it turned out he was a man who came to Costa Rica every six months and handled uh, people, boating people across the bay to a hotel. And he spent six months here and six months with his wife in California. He took me around and everywhere we went, he knew people. They'd oh wow! Say, hi, 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 and we kept up the relationship for six months. Wow! And I fell in love with Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. I, but you know, then you could get better terms for coming to the country yeah. than you can now. Right. right. Or even right. when I came here fifteen years ago, I couldn't move because I had a young son to raise and I had to earn a living, and there was nowhere I was going to earn a living down here. So I put it on hold. Then in 2004, my friends of 64 years till she died, um, son decided he wanted to do a resort in Costa Rica. And he had a, a group come over and show the film and it rekindled my interest. By now, my son was deceased. Oh, and so sorry. Yeah, he died in 2000. Uh, he's my guardian angel. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Anyway, I saw the film and I decided I wanted to investigate Costa Rica. And, and other friends since 1970 said, well, you need to go down and spend as much time as you can to see if you like it. So I, t I came down for about three or four weeks, stayed in what is called a casita, a one-room apartment type thing with a little kitchen area and a bath. You know, I just felt so relieved. The circles under the eyes disappeared. Oh. I was so relaxed. And I wrote to other friends and said, I'm considering going to Costa Rica. And he wrote back and said, no, you're going. You just haven't told yourself that yet. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So then I made up my mind and I did the research. Back in 2004, you didn't go on the Internet and pull out dozens of things you had to 
research and I made a big <laughs> book of information about Costa Rica uh-huh. and all the things I had to do to get my cedula, my ID card. Okay. And then I came down to Costa Rica uh, and investigated further, took a tour mm. and made up my mind. So then I started downsizing. The same couple that I had known since 1970 had a mother that was in her 90s and they needed to downsize her to go into assisted living. Oh, wow. And she was fighting them tooth and nail. And I thought, <laughs> well, I'm younger. I can downsize. I'm not going to be so you know, upset about it. So I sold antiques and all the fancy glass and crystals and stuff that I had accumulated and to still fill three quarters of a container to come down here. So then I moved into a house on a finca that was supposed to be fixed up for me. A finca is a farm. Oh, and it was really difficult because you had to walk across the muddy paths on the rainy days, get out the gate, get up into the little town. And the buses only ran occasionally. And I was trying to think, how do I tell them I'm not going to rent this place? And they were <laughs> charging me $400 and it wasn't even finished. Oh, my God. And, and then suddenly they came to me and we said to me, we don't think you're happy. Oh, uh, they noticed. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I didn't cover my tracks. Really well. <laughs> anyway, I at the time had met a man on my tour that went to the local International Baptist Church on Sunday, which is not like a Baptist church in the States. It's really very different. They sing most everything they do. Okay. And so he would take me to church, and I told him about my problem. And he said, well, I know some people who are renting a two-bedroom, two-bath house outside of Poriskal in Corit. And so I went and looked at it, and it was only $200 a month. Wow. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> I know it's like a hotel room night, you know. I could uh, have a lot of extra money. Yeah. Nice. And I did some traveling into other countries in Central America. That's where I met Felipe, who has become my adopted Chico son. He's Aww. a year younger than mine would be. Okay. And although we haven't seen each other much, one time actually during the pandemic, because mm-hmm. He has some underlining uh, causes, and uh, he wanted to be sure I was safe. Goes to work smart. every day. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. It takes three buses to get there. Wow! Oh my goodness. So okay. I I lived out there for about two years, and it got to be a hassle because I was joining the newcomers club, the women's club, the PC <laughs> club, wow. and I was having to go up and catch the bus. Or take a taxi into town to get to the terminal to take another bus, maybe two buses to get where I was going and arranging for people to pick me up. And my body said enough. Yeah, (laughs) that sounds exhausting. Imagine. Yeah. So I moved into Guachapaline. And the place I rented was a townhouse. You had to go up 20 steps to get to the front door. And then it was two stories, but you could see four volcanoes out the windows and the fireworks and it was really nice wow but the landlady was lousy she didn't fix things and i had a number of problems including a cabinet falling off the wall and destroying my my goodness but (gasps) one thing is interesting here 
if you have that problem, the landlord is responsible. So I could buy a new microwave and ch- take it out of the rent. Uh, oh, okay. That's you know, yeah. I don't go into all the legalities in my book because there's, a, as I told you when we communicated, there's a man who writes a book and updates it every year on all the legalities mm-hmm. and your rules for becoming a resident change. Periodically. Sure. Like sure. when I came, I only had a show income of $600 a month. Mm. Then it went to a thousand. I don't know what it is now. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't had any reason to check it out. Uh, so then I unfortunately had a couple of what's called TIAs, small strokes. Yeah, I wasn't damaged. I went in the hospital for a day. And that's another story that you can read in the book. <laughs> um, the doctor says you will move to a single level a place to live. Right. So I moved to Cariari and got an apartment, except it was a long, narrow, fairly dark apartment and only one way out the front door. It became really difficult. So before my three years was up, and it's legal to do this, to leave as a tenant before okay. your te- your contract is up, the landlord can't put you out, but you can leave. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, and wow. you're not supposed to use your deposit for the last month's rent, but I always do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you now you know, right? Yeah. Anyway, I finally found this place and moved here. And it was originally a two-bedroom, two-bath house, freestanding. But about a year or so ago, they built a second story on and put another apartment upstairs. So it turned my house into an apartment. But oh. fortunately, I got them to put insulation between the floors. Oh. So I only hear occasional sounds. And they have, now we have a Venezuelan family with two or three children, but older children. Okay. And they're not noisy. And we're all friendly. And it's a nice big property with a wonderful garden. I'm friends with the landlords, so we do things together, like go to the store or a restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like having friends. Mm-hmm. He's native and she's from America. Okay. So are and there many expats around you or what's that like? Here, the, the two other uh, families are not expats. They're from Venezuela right. and Nicaragua. William is Chico, as they call themselves. The wife is American, so she's that. Now, I know a number of expats, but they're spread out. They're not, I'm not in a community like some people go and get in a gated community and there's nobody but people from their country. Mm-hmm. So they're not learning the culture. Right. There's a lot of people who won't learn the language. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not perfect, I study it every day oh. because I believe like I did when I lived in Germany, you need to speak the language of the people. Yeah. Not just yours. You can't expect them to speak your language. Mm -hmm. And when I need to speak in English someplace, I first say, I un persona que hable en inglés Mm. es más facile para mí. And when you start in Spanish, they may even speak English, but they (laughs) won't tell you they do. If you just say, do you speak English? They'll say no. Okay. So you have it's part of the, what they call a forma, 
which is saying please, thank you, and asking people, not telling them. It's just good manners. Yes, yes, I agree. And, you know, like my uh, Chico son, when I used to go out to Coruscant after I moved from there, he his wife would cook lunch for me. And yeah. so, you know, a lot, you'll hear a lot of Americans say, you can't be friends with Chicos. They won't invite you to their home. Wow. You know, yeah. It's just a matter of what you do and how you approach it. Of course. Yeah. Speaking of expats, you say in your book, you don't like the word expat. Why is that? I, I just think it's coarse. I think we should be think of another term. And I don't know what that term is, but mm-hmm. something that's kinder. Because yeah. all expats are not equal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very yes. good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and X, I see that sounding it's appearing like negative. You're for, formerly something. Yeah, yeah. excommunicated. Yeah, it's definitely it's not, nice, not a nice sounding term. You're oh, right. nice. One of the things I say in my book that retiring abroad is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Retiring in Costa Rica is not for everybody because you have to be open. Like I combine the best of the American culture with the best of the Chico culture to develop my own culture based mm-hmm. on my uh, studies in anthropology and sociology, I came up with this. A lot of people think they're going to love it here because they come down and as a tourist and they think life is going to be tourist. And then they wonder why I, for like, for example, I couldn't get sweet pickles here for the longest time, <laughs> you know, and I just like, but now Automacado carries them. Oh. And a lot of the stores are carrying more and more foreign products, especially okay. more expensive stores. Back when I first came, you had to adjust. And if you really had to live on a budget, you had to eat like a Chico mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the native foods. And of course, I want to eat more healthy. Right. <laughs> and I healthy didn't. foods cost more, unfortunately. Right. Except yeah. that back then, you could go to the ferio, which is the farmer's market, and pick up fresh fruits and vegetables. The one in Santana has fish also. So you could do very well. But since I fell in December of 19, um, 2019, mm-hmm. I don't walk down there by myself. I don't walk into town anymore, mm-hmm. which I thoroughly enjoyed and would walk 8,000 or so steps every wow. time. Wow. Now, wow. Which was good for my health. But yeah. the doctor said, don't go anywhere alone. So I have to be careful. Yeah. So where are the doctors near you? How's the health care in Santa Ana? We have an, a national system called the CAJA, C-A-J-A which means box in Spanish for some reason. Okay. When I when I pay my bill, the uh, bank translates it to English as box instead of car. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> in my estimation, it is good for regular care. I go every three months and see a doctor at the clinic, which mm-hmm. and that doctor changes every few years. Uh, they, they rotate them. And also, if you need major surgery, if you can get scheduled, they're very good for that. And my cardiologist, the head of San Juan Dios, a hospital that's over 100 years old, mm. and he's very thorough, but he has office privately. So I go there and pay him, and which 
gives me great service. I'm under his care. Okay. So, so you get that insurance because you're a resident? You have to be a resident, well, I assume, right? You have to buy it now. When I first became a, I'm not a, re, well, I'm sort of a, I was a, what was the word for the first cedula? You had the opportunity to join the CAHA system if you wanted to, but several years back, it became mandatory that if you became a resident of any kind, you had to be a member of CAHA, even if you don't use it. And then there are several good hospitals here, and I have a service where they give me a discount because you have that kind of a discount service. It's not insurance. Then I also have a emergency service which i knock on wood never had to use yeah but i pay a monthly fee and if i have a reason to go to the doctor or serious thing i can call them up they have medical people on board the ambulances and they will see if they can help you if not they'll take you to a hospital mm-hmm. lots of the caja ambulances don't have medical personnel on them so wow yeah so how do you so how do you get there? I mean, you have to. They can take you by ambulance, but they're not treating you en route. Oh, okay. They would with emergency. Oh, that, that's okay. not good. Yeah. So can you give us a sense of what the costs are for the Caja system? I get my insurance or medical service through what is called ARCR. It's a company that is for foreigners and gives lots of information. Hmm. American Association. Okay. You could I mention it in the book so you can check out the name exactly. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But I pay $81 and change a month for my caja. Oh, it, nice. Okay. Different people, different couples pay more. Okay. I've heard of two or three hundred dollars a month, but fortunately I've never been that high. When I first started I was around $30 a month when I lived in outside Florida, but okay. it's gone up over the years. So your Social Security in the U.S., do you have that deposited to an account in Costa Rica or did you keep it in the U.S.? Because we've interviewed other Central America and other locations and we've heard that, you know, they keep all their accounts in the United States for variety of reasons. Because of the way I had to get my initial cedula, I had to transfer my Social Security, and it comes into Bank of National every month. Oh, okay, okay. And it's sooner. When I was getting it in the States, it would come around the middle of the month, mm-hmm. but now it's usually deposited by the third of the month here. Oh, wow. So it's even quicker. <laughs> yeah. wow. Go figure. Um, a lot of people don't like to have their Social Security here, but I would tell you, if you do transfer it or if you don't, keep a, at least one American account, which I did. Okay. And keep an American address, even if it's one of your children's addresses or friends. I have a mailing address. Okay. And more recently, most of the accounts had to know where I physically live. And my address is not one you can send any mail to. I have a sure. post office box here for that. Okay. Besides, I also have hired Starbucks, which is a courier, and packages are sent to Florida and Doral and <laughs> letters to Miami, and then they fly them down and 
deliver them to my house. And wow. if I mail a letter, I just give it to them and they mail it. Oh, that's so convenient. So now why why do people keep why do they recommend having these accounts in the United States? I'm just trying to understand. Well, you want to keep an account in the United States, especially if you have any money being deposited from retirement or some system that you need to have it. And also, you want a credit card that you can use in the States. You don't want to get one down here. The interest down here on the cards is maybe 50%. Wow. What? But I have a number of accounts in the States, and I only (laughs) use one that gives me money back. Yeah, but, yeah, smart. But she, like my landlady can't buy anything in the States because she has a local card. So when she wants something, she asks me to get it and pays oh. me back. <laughs> <laughs> she also, I'm her printing service. If she needs something printed, she calls up, she sends me an email, print this out for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should start charging for your little services. <laughs> Well, they take me to the store for free. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And he takes me to the doctors. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, so we've become friends, really. And And, is it it hard to get a bank account there? Well, when I first got mine, the people I was staying with had been clients of Banco Nacional for a long time, and they were running a business because they had a B&B. So she recommended me. And they cashed my travels. A traveler's check. Okay. A lot of banks were very careful about if you didn't sign it exactly the same as you signed the first signature, they wouldn't cash it. (gasps) Oh my God. My signature changes daily. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not, it's not intentional. Well, I should say over the years, it's gotten, you know, just a little less clear, but it's, you know, I mean, and frankly, in the U.S., you can sign with an X, but I guess if you did that there, they would deny it. Probably, especially <laughs> if you didn't sign a, a travel's check. But we don't use those anymore. Right. It was rel- relatively easy for me to get an account. Other mm-hmm. people uh, tell stories of having difficulties opening up personal or business accounts. Yeah, we heard from another uh, couple in Costa Rica that the husband didn't have an issue, but the wife, it was more difficult because, you know, of the, dare I say, sexist culture. macho country. Yes, macho country. So when you went in to open an account as a female, uh, did they ask for extra, you know, for verification purposes or did you sense any of that macho? I don't remember any of that macho feeling. Mm. Okay. When I lived in outside Forescal, I got to going to the bank and I could just walk in. I wouldn't even have to show my cedula, my Mm. ID card, because they knew me and I would see them out in the stores and they would talk to me. But now, of course, here you do have to show your cedula. It's gotten more strict. And of course, they don't know everybody like they did in the small town. What brought you to to Santa Ana, and why why do you love it? You've stayed a, a while. Is it the social attractions? What what what, what keeps you there? When I was looking for a place to move out of Cariari, I was having a difficult time finding a location. And when I was referred to an agent, 
he knew of this house that was being rented here. And so he brought me here and it was furnished. And I talked the couple into taking almost all their furnishings out. I left the <laughs> serious things, the washer, the dryer, the refrigerator. I had my own gas stove, a few pieces of furniture because they are responsible for those things. So I don't have to pay to repair their belongings. And so they did remove stuff because I brought down all this history with me. <laughs> <laughs> and some of these things are now over 100 years old that my grandmother bought from Lord and Taylor's in 1920. Wow. <laughs> wow. Of course, they're not antiques because they've been recovered or refinished. I even have a few little glasses that she bought that are over 100 years old. Wow. So, and I had collected dishes starting in Europe. So, I, you know, I have more dishes than I'll ever use. <laughs> wow. but, but do you like the town? Or there's, is there a lot to do? Are there good restaurants to go to? There are like a number of good restaurants in the area. You need transportation to get there mm -hmm. like William and Margot and I go to Porky's which Porky's. has wonderful fajitas and hamburgers and it's a sports bar base, basically mm -hmm. there are more and more restaurants that are good and now you can actually order beef because when I first came here you couldn't order a steak it was so tough you couldn't eat it really but I have found in Santana meat market where they age the beef so i get beef and fish from them it's more expensive mm -hmm. but it's good and they deliver and in my circumstances deliveries are good i can get liquor delivered medicine <laughs> and beef delivered you oh, know wow. margo and william go to mas permenos a grocery store owned by mexico walmart they go every week, so you wow. can get basics. Not if you want specialties like sweet pickles, you go to Automatado. <laughs> now, in and general, there, but I have a friend who picks up stuff. For me. Nice. In general, is sent. Now you've been saying Santana, is that right? I've been saying Santa oh. Ana, but I guess it's Santana. Well, the locals say Santana. They okay, good. Okay. letters together. Understood. So is Santana in general a walkable city or do you need a car? You can walk in Santana. Okay. And so there are things to do just walking wise. You know, there's like a really great convenience store down there that is owned by the people who own the grocery stores in Porisville, mm -hmm. um, where I used to shop when I lived there. Okay. But there are, you know, there are a number of grocery stores and restaurants all around this area. You can go into Escazú, which is up the road, mm -hmm. or you can go out the Lindora Road where Porky's now is. But you said you order also from Mercado, the online service, yes? Well, you can order from Auto Mercado. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they charge like 3,000 colonists for delivery. Oh, okay. okay. And it's around 600 or so per dollar. Okay. Oh. Uh, for the exchange rate. But as I said, my friend Grace goes to Automacata regularly. Mm -hmm. So I just call her up and then she comes over for lunch. And we're both vaccinated mm -hmm. and we keep our distance. And so we're able to visit. Okay. Okay. 
Have you have you seen the pottery that I was talking about earlier? There, I used to go to a store up the road from Santana, mm-hmm. uh, where there's a factory that had a lot of nice. <gasps> factory. Oh man, <laughs> that that sounds even more exciting. Okay. Okay. And, and- you were talking about the macho environment. You have a chapter. You have a chapter in your book called "Can Single Foreign Women Survive in a Macho Culture?" And you also have a chapter: "Can a Single Man Survive the Beautiful Seductress?" <laughs> Can you talk about those for for just a little bit? Well, my feeling is, if you need a significant other to live with, bring them. <laughs> For example, I have a friend who's in his 70s, and he's married to a woman in her early 40s. Oh, my goodness. He has to decide to go to the store twice a week. Otherwise, if he goes once, he'll give away a lot of what he buys to family and friends. So if you marry a Tika as a man, you're going to have to support family and friends in addition to your wife. Oh, wow. He has to support his family plus their her friends and family too. And he is an editor of a magazine. He's it sells cars. He works in a repair shop. Wow. He has wow. and and he has retirement, but he can't live on his retirement income because of all these people that he's responsible for, including the children from his daughters who are not married oh my lord yeah i mean i know i know in the asian culture a lot of that is true as well but you know you born into that culture and you accept it i wasn't aware of all this so that's a lot of people but but she she's saying this this guy who's he's 75 right you said around 75 75 and he married a a tico woman right who's 40 something and he has to pay for the whole family right no no i heard that when they married several years ago, it was less than she was under 40. He has to lock up his stuff because they just take it. And if you're a single woman and you want to find a man here, the single men that come from America are not interested in you. They want to marry their daughters. I ran into a man in a shop where I was renting movies and he was in his 60s. And he started talking to me and he said, I have to pick up my daughter at nursery. And it was a child, a little child, two year old. <laughs> and God. He was so proud of being able to make a child. Oh my God. And his wife was really young. You, you know, I got propositioned by several men who were single that were American. And I just said, no, thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to be involved with that. I like being single. Yeah. That I can get up when I want to, get dressed when I want to, eat when I want to, and not have to be responsible for cooking for someone else, even though I like to cook. I just don't want that organization. <laughs> here, here, Helen. I am with you, baby. Now, you know. What do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. I, I totally think what's fair is fair. Someone wants to marry, you know, someone half their age then they come along with risks. Uh, who needs that? You know, life is short. Um, well, but, you the know, course, are, the course are, favor the women and their families congratulate them on getting married to an American. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, a you know, you they do everything to get married. 
and they then you get the realistic daily living family and friends. So, you know, recently we were asked if you're a single woman and you wish to retire abroad, there are these safety concerns. Is it doable? But just listening to you and your books, it's certainly doable. And and do you feel safe? I guess that's the big question also. Well, I do. I, I live on a property that's gated. This mm-hmm. one, you know, like a garage door called a porton and a pedestrian door. And William locks it up at night because somebody poisoned one of their dogs. Oh. We have a wall around the entire property with wire. Oh, barbed wire. Okay, okay. Circular stuff. Mm-hmm. But I right now, all my windows are open. They're louvered windows, mm-hmm. very small ones. And my two doors, the front door and the kitchen door, are open and there's just a screen on it, so anybody could come in if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And and the locks on the doors themselves could be not open like you see in the movies where they go. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel extremely safe. If somebody wanted to come in to rob, they would go to the big house where they live first because they would expect the most TVs uh, and the most uh-huh. belongings there. Mm-hmm. I've been here now in my 10th year. Mm-hmm. And I've always lived this way. In fact, sometimes I forget to lock the door when I go to the store with them. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Because when you feel comfortable, you don't think of that, you know. Well, Where is the nearest airport? In San Jose, in the town called Alawala. Okay. And how far is that from you? I know you're there. I love traffic. I, I don't know. I think it's about 30 kilometers. Uh, do you travel often? Do you come no, back to the states? Not since the pandemic, but I am planning a trip. Uh, I have to renew my driver's license in Texas. <laughs> Not because I'm driving, but because mm-hmm. it's now a national ID. Right, right. It's expired. Oh, yeah. So I have to go there. And I have a friend since the late 70s is married. He and I were friends for all these years. So I'm going to stay with them a few days to get my license and do a couple of things with them. Every time I go went to Dallas, I would have lunch with him. Oh, okay. And I now his wife wants to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Who's this woman so you've funny. been lunching with?" And sp- speaking of licenses, do you need a license in Costa Rica to drive? Yes, but if you get your uh, the license here within, I think it was six months of the time you come here, mm-hmm. and you can show the stamp on your passport. You can get the license without taking a test. Oh, nice. Oh, that's And I have a Costa Rican license, but I don't. It's really wild driving here, so I don't (laughs) drive. And William is such a good driver that I feel very safe going with him. Yeah. And we have another local man that only speaks Spanish, Santi, who will take me places for a fee. He drives pretty rapidly, but he's a good driver. And he has a beautiful pickup truck, so he's going to be careful about damaging it. You know? is, is it expensive to buy a car in Costa Rica? Is it more expensive than in the States? Yes. Expensive to bring a car down here because you'll probably pay customs about the value of your car. Wow. If you go to a dealership, it's costly, but they do guarantee they have a warranty of some kind. And like my friend that's married to the Tika, he sells used cars 
at various levels and he mm-hmm. inspects them and makes sure they're good and it's, you're safe buying from him. But you have to be careful if you buy a car here, where you buy it. William bought his at Hyundai mm-hmm. on Lindora, which is outside of Santana. I used to be able to go into town and then take a cab if I wanted, where if I had to go someplace else. But now my life has changed a bit. So mm-hmm. I have to plan things ahead. Right. Of course, now I, I'm debt free, so I can afford to hire people. Oh, that's great. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to be debt free. Yeah. Speaking of debt, it sounds like the cost of living really got higher, a lot higher recently. since since you've been there yes it has gone up you can see that especially during the pandemic you see prices at the ferry and the grocery stores going up a bit because we were on lockdown and nothing was coming into the country for Uh several months and that's why i hired starbucks because i couldn't get mail is it still affordable for uh, someone from the states to come to costa rica and live is it, is it still a lot less expensive than living in the States? Yes. I mean, for example, I pay $700 a month for rent. And only this year did I have to pay electricity, which runs no more than $30 a month. Oh, so nice. for nine years, I had no increase in my cost of renting. Wow. And you said you have, a, you have a two-bedroom? Yeah. I have a big bedroom for me, and then I have this office, in which was another bedroom, except the closet where it was put in the living room. It's it's kind of house with character. I would <laughs> yeah, oh, I love because I love that big wooden door behind you. I mean, our listeners can't see it, but that's a gorgeous door. Yeah, a lovely place you have. Well, I'm I'm very comfortable. I walk through it and say, I love this place, even though. We originally had some wooden ceilings, so when they did the renovation, they put in a plastic ceiling in every room. Mm. Also, my bedroom had only been seven feet high before. <laughs> so it got warm. So when they built the upstairs, they raised, raised it to eight feet, which is much better. Oh, sure, sure. And the living room is a good size, and then the kitchen is really large. It has a washer dryer and a nook. I have a table and chairs in there. So it's a country kitchen you eat in. And that's and very I, little for electricity to be running all that. Do you do you need air conditioning? How's the weather? No, I leave my windows open all the time. We have uh, facilities in the house where the air can come through. Like sometimes when I'm taking a shower in my little bathroom, and mm-hmm. it's really little, it's like a meter wide and three meters deep. Uh-huh. It gets chilly because the air comes in through an open vent there, and there's some other vents in the house to keep the air circulating. Ah, and okay. When it gets around 80-something, then I'll turn on fans. Okay. So you really don't need air conditioning, it sounds like. No air conditioning and no heating where I am. now. Some oh, places, no heating. Okay. In some places in Costa Rica, if you live off the mountain, mm-hmm. you're going to need heat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. It depends on the elevation and the bugs. I don't get many bugs. Okay. I, I have screens throughout the windows and doors. Okay. Um, but they're holes, so occasionally a fly gets in or something, and occasionally you'll see a cockroach because they just it's normal because of the weather when they 
generate and come and come in some where I only see one or two, you know, occasionally. So I don't, I live bug free and <laughs> I, I'm in shorts. Okay. Age, okay. I'm still wearing shorts. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not when I go out to the stores, I wear slacks, but oh, okay. then I seldom wear a skirt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I have a whole bunch of silk blouses I don't wear because if you perspire, you're going to ruin them. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I brought them because when I travel back, I can't take them because they'll wrinkle. You know, you, <laughs> you don't use them. But funny trip for this next one to go back for the license, I plan to go to California. I'm friends with Carolyn Howard Johnson, who is a poet and writer. Uh -huh. And she's looking to bid on a house somewhere in Southern California. She's in L outside L.A. now. I bought to her house and it's worth like a million and a half dollars. Oh, wow. At least. Yeah. Yeah. And so she can make a good sale. And her husband fell and broke his back. So it's been difficult for mm. her in the last few years. And him, of course. So she said, will you come visit me? When I get the house, and I said, "Okay," and I hope I can make it because I use a cane outside. Mm -hmm. uh, I would, if I go flying, I will ask for a wheelchair. Okay, uh, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, so yeah. Travel has changed for me in the recent years, but then I'm planning to go down to San Diego, where my former college roommate and her husband, a retired doctor, have bought a new house. And I, we have been friends since the 50s. Wow. wow. Oh, good for you. That's so great. That sounds like a wonderful trip. Your college roommate. Wow. Yeah. And Trace, Trudy and I have been really good friends and in touch all these years. Mm -hmm. That's so Just nice. like Deb and I were, we met in junior high school and she died a few years ago, but we were friends for 64 years. Oh, God bless. Wow. God bless. And one of the things I've done during the pandemic, and I've done before it was happening, is I keep in touch with people around the world by WhatsApp. Like I have a friend in India mm -hmm. or Skype. I'm like this afternoon, I'll talk to a friend in Colombia that I have never met, that oh. we became friends online. <laughs> then, then uh, you know, one friend editor friend in Canada and I use email and magic jack and I talk to these people regularly. Wow. And you know, with the internet, I guess it's so much easier. You know, back in the day we'd have pen pals and you'd sit there, wait for that letter. My sister <laughs> had a pen pal from Italy and she would just wait and wait and wait, you know, pre-internet days. <laughs> yeah. But now it's convenient. And I mean, if you get a letter, even with my courier service, it can take as much as two weeks to get mail from wow. the state. Of course, of course. Especially and, through the post office. Yeah. And you said your internet service is really good? Well, it is now. Uh, I used to have internet service from a company called Isay or Colby, mm -hmm. which is a government-associated servicer for electricity and phones and cells mm -hmm. but uh i have the phone with them now recently i went to cable tica and i went from 10 megabytes to a hundred. Oh my goodness wow, wow that's great <laughs> and i bought a router and i had them plug the modem in there and i kept testing it and it said twenty thousand megabytes <gasps> and i 
calling me. I mean, it took a, a lot of t- uh, tenacity to get this solved. Yeah. It turns out that when you plug the modem into the router, the yeah. router uses up 80 megabytes to contact the states. Uh, so okay. I unplugged it and changed it. So now I get like 102 or 3 megabytes from the Wow, that's so Great. smart. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a, a Amazon TV fire stick. Last night, for example, I watch Wheel and Jeopardy to uh-huh. <laughs> train my mind. And I'm checking more and more things off. Like I recognize the the puzzles in Wheel. And then I have some answers for Jeopardy. I would never try to go on Jeopardy. <laughs> I've forgotten so many things that at my age that I remember, you know, it, a memory will be triggered and then I can tell you all about it. <laughs> and I get some memories that I don't know why I remember them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Do you have someone you want to be the new host of Jeopardy? I haven't decided on that. I thought top contestant was very good when he did it. Oh. And it's been interesting to see the different guest hosts and, and how they recognize that it's not so easy as it looks to be yeah. the host. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You have to come uh, come across and appeal to a wide audience, you know, and yeah, absolutely. And, and I, so I do all these things, the trivia questions and stuff, and of course, researching and writing and so forth and studying both Spanish and German. Mm-hmm. help my mind to keep dementia away yes so yeah absolutely I, mm-hmm. I i feel this is very important and it's also important for anybody who retires down here to decide what kind of lifestyle you you asked me about cost now i live very comfortably but i don't have a great deal of money mm-hmm. if you were to buy a house and buy one that's more like one in the states and you want to do everything like you did at home, your cost of living is going to be very high. And of course, if you buy a fancy car and you're driving around, cost of gas is high. During the pandemic, we've all spent less. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But you have to decide what level you want to retire. And if you decide you want to investigate Costa Rica, try to come down for a month or two and stay in a casita or some kind of home where you can live mm-hmm. like you would live here and learn about how to live here but not as a tourist mm-hmm. it's not the same if you come down as a tourist right as what if you're living here on the day-to-day basis yes and have to put up with some idiosyncrasies disease that mm-hmm. you encounter some people are very negative about them I just say it's part of living. Yep. You know, for example, you couldn't used to return stuff, even though the law said you had 30 days to return it. You had to return it in its box. And, you know, they would carefully inspect it if you were going to get a credit. Now it's a little better, but things have changed. You know, so you have to learn that if you buy something, it's generally yours. You would not survive there, Gil. Oh my. Gil is a big returner. <laughs> I think they have a, her picture up at Macy's. Oh, my God. Watch out for this woman. She's going to return. <laughs> now I'm permanent. Oh, permanent <laughs> resident. Nice. 
and I got that by myself. Now, if you pay a lawyer to get a residency, it can cost you a lot of money depending on who you hire, and you got to be careful who you hire. Right, right. When I did it, it took 18 months to get my original one. Wow. And it cost more money than I was originally told. Oh. But then I had a friend from Cuba who was really fluent in Spanish, and she wrote the letter saying we wanted this residency. We went to immigration and did everything ourselves hmm. and never hired anybody to do Smart. it. You, you can learn how to do it yourself. Yeah. Now, I agree. Your original one, you might need some help with. It used to be when you went to the clinic and turned in your prescription to get your medicine, which is included in your monthly payment. You don't right. pay any extra for it. Uh, I do have a medicine or two that I have to pay for that they don't, I don't like what they carry in my, by myself through a pharmacy called Pharma Value. Mm-hmm. which it has the best prices. But oh. some of your private pharmacies have really high drug prices. But the, the other thing is you don't have to show a prescription. <laughs> you know, right. You get right. We've heard. Without. But they used to be, you, if you turn in the medicine today, tomorrow you went and it was there. Nice. Now, William took my medicine um, prescription Friday. He was told to come back this week. So we went Wednesday, no medicine. He was told to come back today, so he had to go back. (laughs) He said to me, next month, we're going to (laughs) call. But next next month is when I have my clinic appointment and lab appointment. You go down into town for the lab, or you. last time I went to a private lab because I didn't want to go with the crowds. Sure. And it was close to $100. Wow. well, whereas the the Cahab lab is free. So I think we've covered quite a bit. And um, a few parting words, Helen, could you give us some wisdom for people who uh, are about to retire and wish to retire abroad? You have to be open-minded. You need to study the culture, spend some time, as I said before, down in the country you want to go to. I would encourage people to rent first, even if they want to buy, and try different places because I know one man who wanted to have a farm and he had no experience and he bought a farm right away and his wife was terribly unhappy because she was a city person. (laughs) You've got to be sure your partners are in line with what you want to do, but you need to check out any new business you plan to do if you need to work as part of the retirement, I have found that people who need to work sometimes are more difficult to get along with because they're living on the income that they can get, not yeah. their retirement income. Right. right. So you have to make up your mind that you want to retire at the level you can afford. Mm-hmm. And whether you are going to have a car or not, or you're going to rely on Uber or taxis the red taxis or the parathis, which are unlicensed taxis. Okay. Like when I go into town, their whole lineup and they all know where I live. So I just get in one of them and they bring me home. Oh. <laughs> and it costs less than $2. To start uh-huh. <laughs> Why drive? Why get a car? Yeah. 
sent to Santana to my hands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now they're all of them, you know, they respect older people. That's nice. They're very helpful to me because they'll walk me up the sloping thing if I ask. They just know I'm going to give them a mill, which is a thousand colonists. And they don't ask for more. And they're very, you know, if I want somebody to drive me further, then I ask them how much they'll charge before I hire them. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, you know, you just have to learn how you adapt. You have to be open, friendly. Mm-hmm. And you can have wonderful experiences like I have. Where did you want to retire? Oh, that's such a good question. We've been asked that <laughs> of we're all probably, our guests. We're probably end up, we don't know where, but we're probably by somewhere in the States. And then three months out of the year, we want to live overseas somewhere, a different place each time. Yeah, we haven't quite gotten to the living abroad year round yet. I don't know that we will because I have a big family and they're all along the East Coast and Gene also. But we definitely, we definitely want to travel. Well, some people travel, spend six months in the States when it's good weather, and then yeah. six months here when it's not good weather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I know of one couple who spends less than six months in Spain, but to avoid the taxes there, and then six months down here. But I don't know where they that family has been during the pandemic. They may have oh. been caught in Spain. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So did they, did they retire? Um, like yes. part? Okay. Okay. And oh, so, sounds... Some people that shouldn't retire. You have to make, that's enough. Yeah. To make your mind up about, do I want to retire or just retire part-time or right. do I want to start a business from a hobby or an interest I have and look into all those things? Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Good. Good. Thank you. I've yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you so much. You so Stay much. in touch. We will. Okay. Bye-bye. Take Thank care, you. Helen. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. You too. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com, and you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.